They may not have seen it all, but they've experienced. Fourth and 26. Stinks it in trash. AI's crossover. Throwing batteries at J.D. Drew. Brad Lidge hugging Carlos Ruiz. The Legion of Doom. And thousands of wins and losses over three decades of fandom. Talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joe O'Donnell and John Mita. What is up, SoundCloud.com? It is the one and only Brotherly Love Podcast back in action after a sabbatical. Joe Donald, John Mita here with you. What's up, Johnny Meats? What's happening, Joe? And it has been a while, man. Wow. Yeah. For weeks, I guess. Yeah. And for the record, all right, for all those haters out there, we were not dodging the airwaves. We may have been angry. We may have steered away from really twisting our schedules to accomplish one because we were so frustrated with the Philadelphia Eagles. But by no means did we say, let's wait for a win to get back at it, all right? Schedules, travel, craziness just kept us from getting on the airwaves. Yeah, holidays. And thank goodness it did, quite frankly, because I would have been no fun to talk to Johnny Mita after those three pitiful losses that the Eagles suffered in succession. But uh, here we are with a happy podcast as somehow – the, the, the football gods shone down on Philadelphia. Bill Belichick went brain dead up at Foxborough on Sunday. And, and by some stroke of the football gods, the Philadelphia Eagles upset the New England Patriots 35-28. Shock and awe, Joey. Shock yeah, and shock all. and awe, brother. Uh, hey, it was, uh, for the record, but we both called this a few weeks ago with our, our bold prediction. Exactly. We just didn't anticipate the other losses. Yeah, well, that and I didn't anticipate the Patriots game. losing either beforehand. But uh, all of a sudden, the Pat, the, the mighty Pats, injury riddled Pats are uh, are reeling a bit for the first time. So let's just uh, you know let's let's start with the positive. Start with the thirty five twenty eight win in Foxborough. Down fourteen nothing in the second quarter. It looked like here we go again. Blowout Lost City, uh, and then from there the Eagles turned the game around. It got a little scary late, but a win's a win in the National Football League. To me, Sunday, Eagles in Foxborough, that's what the NFL's all about. How do they lose to the Lions by six touchdowns or whatever? How do they get smoked by the Bucs and, and Jameis Winston's five touchdown passes and then go into Foxborough and play a good game? That's the NFL. What'd you say? Yeah, I mean, you couldn't have said it better, you know, in the cliche term or phrase any given Sunday. Yep. It, it just—it was just nice to see the you know, that after they went down 14 nothing again, you figure, oh, here we go again after they were getting blown out in the two previous weeks. And they stuck in there. They made some plays on all facets of the game, which was good to see. Finally, the special teams comes alive for this team. They get the pump block for a touchdown. Sproles, what can we say about him? Oh, love him. Another return for a touchdown. Uh, he got more involved in the offense. I mean, I love it. I know DeMarco Murray... Clearly in Philadelphia the last couple of days, I'm sure, you know, the news has reported that DeMarco Murray had a, a very candid conversation with Jeffrey Laurie on the way home, uh, you know, trying to find out what his role is with this football team. But Bowles was playing better. He was hitting the holes. And uh, and I, you also got to like the way the defense kind of bounced back against Tom Brady. But, Grant, I think this game would have kind of probably, most likely would have went a different way 
uh, if the likes of Rob Gronkowski were playing and Julian Edelman. Brady being without those two weapons, you, you could see a difference there. But the defense as a whole, they got great pressure on Brady. Just like you said, we talked off air. You said they're going to have to pressure him and be in his face all day. They did a nice job with that, pressuring him and, and, and getting a couple turnovers. They're intercepting him twice. Did you know, Joe, that they never intercepted Tom Brady? As many times as they played over the years, they've never picked off Brady until that game on Sunday. Not even Which once? very nice to see. Not even once. Unbelievable. Wow. And how about Byron Maxwell earned about 1% of his salary on Sunday? He, yeah, exactly. He played a lot better. I mean, I mean that was a, uh, a, a ghost-like receiving core. I don't know whose receiving core was worse. You know, those are ours. That, that, but, hey, that's um, a great question, yeah. my friend. That is a great question. I might still take the Patriots practice squad receivers yeah. over the junk the Eagles have been putting out there week after week outside exactly. of Jordan well, Matthews. Well, good news, good news. You know, uh, good news that came out is that Miles Austin has finally been cut from this football team. Yes, that is great uh, news. It's about six weeks too late. Now. Exactly. But, uh, but those are the types of things that I saw. Eric Rowe had a really nice game. Now he has, you know, stepped into the starting cornerback position after Nolan Carroll has went down in the Detroit game, which is another big loss for this Eagles defense. You look at two starters, you know, you look at Hicks and now Nolan Carroll out. Now the Eagles are going to have to play two different people at those positions. So that kind of hurt, but Eric Grove played a real nice game and hopefully he's coming along and kind of getting a better feel of what it's like to play corner in the National Football I love that you brought up Darren Sproles' involvement on the offense. When he started that series in the backfield, I'm like, is that Sproles? Yeah. You know? I mean, hey, maybe exactly. Chip Kelly, I, you know, who knows? He said the Patriots have a uh, a bigger group of linebackers. He wanted somebody a little quicker. I mean, that could be coach speak. At the end of the day, Darren Sproles had 19 touches on offense. I think it's the most he's had in the league in like eight years. Uh, which is cr- which is just craziness to me because he seems to make something positive happen almost every time he has the football, plus the punt return of the house. Uh, I was watching the game with a couple of Patriots fans. Uh, it was crazy oh, enough beautiful. to do that. So the, you know, the, the Patriots are about to punt there with no time left, and I literally turn around. I'm just like, hey, I'll take it. I'll take it down seven at the half. I will take it. And then I hear uh, said Patriots fan go, oh, my God. And I turn back around and see Najee Good running in the end zone, and I was just whooping yeah. it up, my man. It was it was like unbelievable. At one point, when they're up thirty-five to fourteen, I was they are routing, routing the Patriots in Foxborough. I mean, it was unbelievable. Granted, they tried to piss it away late, but um, I'll yeah. take the I'll take the win, my man. And, and I want to give a special thanks, a heartfelt thanks to Riley Cooper, who after fifty-seven minutes. <laughs> of a football game, decide to show up and not only John Mita catch a pass, but use his brain on a special teams play and bat a ball out of bounds. I must say, Riley, thoroughly impressed for your three minutes of effort on Sunday. Thank you for that. Oh, man, that is hilarious. Yeah, he didn't make two decent plays there. I don't even know. Is he on the football team? Seriously? There are some days I don't even know if he's on the team. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It really is. Well, it's like, well, in general, you look at the whole receiving core in general. Yeah, where's Josh Huff? Where's Josh Huff? You know, Nelson Aguilar doesn't, the whole core, you'll see sprinkles of Matthews, but it's more 
you know, the running back check down route that they throw 27 times. Oh, the swing pass. We, the uh, Philadelphia uh, Eagles have perfected. And by that, I mean, they really haven't perfected, but they run it enough. They should have perfected the swing pass. Uh, like the second, the second that Sammy drops back, I can literally go swing pass. They just telegraphed the hell out of it. Well, that's well, that's the thing. That's the one thing that that I don't like about Sam Bradford. You look at some of the best quarterbacks in the league. Why are they effective? Why are they able to beat defenses? Because they use their eyes to, to deceive defensive backs. Like they'll look one way and then throw the other, knowing that the other guy is completely open. But they're just trying to move the safeties all over the field. Yep. And they do that by their eyes. Well, he just telegrams everything. Yeah. I mean, he is in a lockdown, stare down with the, his number one, his first receiver. And I think that's also part of the reason why you know people have a beat on what he's trying to do out there. But Hey, he's played better football the last few weeks. Prior to injury, last couple of games, yeah. and now this one. Sam Bradford, I, he is the least of my acts. The wide receiver, lack, the lack of depth of wide receiver is appalling. Uh, that will never change for me. I've beaten that drum a million times, um, you know, and, and that, that certainly bothers him. But, hey, the, the yeah. Birds D did a nice job stopping the run on Sunday. They didn't get gashed by LeGarrette Blunt, who can be a tough a tough runner between yeah. the tackles. Uh, no doubt, in my mind, the extra time off, kind of that mini bye week, helped them hit the reset button because they were a beaten down group Sunday, or excuse me, Thanksgiving Day in Detroit. I, I witnessed that garbage firsthand. It was about <laughs> as pathetic uh, and is and is defeating as it got. I mean, there wasn't a lot to get excited about after the first quarter in their previous game. So the extra time off seemed to help them. Now we'll just see if they can keep it rolling because here's the here's the big challenge. Now the Buffalo Bills have a good defense. They've got a, a motivated Lashawn Shady McCoy, and they're coming to Philadelphia. Maybe not with playoff aspirations, but Rex Ryan's going to have that team motivated. We'll see if the Eagles are for real. At any point this season, we've 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 watched them take a step forward and then two back. We'll see if they can take a step a second step forward, and I think really put some pressure on the rest of this division. Because if you look at the Giants' schedule, they are screwed. The Cowboys aren't going to win the division. The Cowboys win the division. You come up with something crazy for me to do, and I will do it. I don't care what it is. I won't even agree to it in advance. The Dallas Cowboys are not are not winning the National Football Conference Eastern Division. It ain't happening. And if the Redskins are the best team in the NFC East, then just take me all back and shoot me right now. <laughs> I mean, how about that game last oh. Catch the ending of that. I've never oh, rooted for the Cowboys so hard in my life. I know, but the way that thing went down, it was incredible. Oh, and, and you know what? Deshaun Jackson's such a punk. I, I'm almost disappointed in myself for liking a player of his lack of character. Because he's out there jumping around the field like he's six years old, throw me the damn ball, then he screws up only to totally redeem himself, and then they lose anyway. So suck it, Deshaun. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway. Um, well, that sums that up. Anything else jump out about the win, my friend? Man, this is the biggest Jekyll and Hyde <laughs> I, I think I've ever. Yeah. You know, times when they play well, you're like, wow. You know, where is this? And then when they're playing bad, you're like, my God, they are not good. So it, it, it's it's so hard to, to tell who they are. I mean, if they get decent, consistent play from the quarterback, I think the key to this football team is they got to get the run game going on offense. That is the total key. If they can get, 
you know, the run game going, get some manageable downs. I think the offense will be fine, and clearly the defense will do a better job. They did a great job this week. And right now, they, they control their own destiny. They're going to have to win out, I think, to try to, to seal this division. Really? But if you look at the other, if you look at the other, um, the other NFC, you know, foes, so to speak, and, and their remaining schedule, they don't have a lot of easy roads either. So, well, look, the Eagles have three. The Eagles have three of four at home, and I know that can be a little misleading. The Giants already right. have three division losses. Plus, they still have to right. play Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Again, the yeah. Cowboys are toast, and you've got the Redskins. You know, the second to last week of the year, and then the Redskins have the Cowboys again. So, I don't see Washington running the table by any stretch of the imagination. I think, honestly, no. as pathetic as it is, eight and eight wins this division. I pray to God. I pray to the football gods that the Eagles do not win this division at 7-9 and because I said it last year. I think that's a joke. It's an embarrassment. Yeah. The NFL should not allow a division winner to be 7-9. and nine. Yeah. I Meaning, you can win the division. You just should not get a playoff game, let alone a home playoff game. And if it turns out it's the Eagles this year and it was the Panthers last year, I'm going to be sick to my stomach because they just don't deserve it. At 7-9, and nine, you don't deserve it. So I'm praying yeah. for 8-8 eight and eight if it's a loss to the – you know, one of the division games or the Cardinals or whatever it is, or if it's this Sunday against the Bills, you know, 8-8, eight and eight, I will live with that. I'll be able to sleep at night in a playoff game. And I know that we're getting way far ahead of ourselves, but that's just my take yeah. on the big picture right now yeah. for the Birds. I agree, buddy. All right, choose a quarterback for next season, Johnny Mita. Sam Bradford, All right. Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, or Colin Kaepernick. If you had your choice of those four QBs to start for the Eagles next year, who is it? It's got to be Drew Brees. Um, for me, he would be my choice for a couple reasons. Now, obviously, he's older, but he's got the he's got the experience. He's won a title before, and he's a great you know he's in good shape. He, he's been pretty healthy uh, throughout his career after he went from San Diego to New Orleans. And then there's still a lot of tank for him. I think he is one of the most tremendous football IQs out of all the quarterbacks. His release is quick. He makes good decisions, and he doesn't turn the ball over. And for Chip Kelly's system. He can get the ball out. And the one thing about Drew Brees is he makes average players look good because he puts the ball in spots and, and, and just makes people better out. If you look at the receiving cores over the years in New Orleans, they didn't really have any top targets. Yeah, Marcus Colson, very nice receiver, but he's making guys like Devery Henderson and some other people just – Looks fantastic. How about Willie me, Sneed, you, man? <laughs> Willie Sneed yeah, had about a month Sneed. run. Exactly. How about the resurgence of Ben Watson? So, um, yeah, I would definitely go with Drew Brees. He, he, he would get my vote for sure. All right, and I'm with, I can't argue with any of that. He's a field general. He's a leader. He seems like he's got great yeah. character. Unbelievable arm strength for being a little undersized. Uh, and the football IQ, can't argue with any of that. But I... I Part of me, I, look, Peyton Manning's toast. I want nothing to do with him. And Colin Kaepernick, again, I think I've expressed on this on this podcast here on SoundCloud.com, I just don't like some of the things that surround him. I think he's a selfish football player. I don't know that he's well-liked by his teammates, and I think that's pretty well-documented. But Sam Bradford's growing on me, my man. He has become more mobile as this season has moved along. He's making less dumb decisions uh, granted, he missed a few games due to injury, so hard to say what would have happened if he was under center and not the Sanchez, the butt fumble himself 
But uh, Sam's growing on me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play the on the fence card here and say the jury's still out. If Sam finishes the season strong, this team goes eight and eight and nine and seven, and he's a big reason why. I can understand them seriously considering looking at bringing him back. Maybe not long term, like his camp might work, uh, might want, but maybe one of those bridge deals, a two to three year deal where you can get out of it if it's an absolute train wreck moving forward. Oh, man. I know how my uh, tune has changed. Yeah, your tune has changed, and I'm not on that tune at all. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just, again, if it was a workable deal, I might go like a two year deal. But honest to God, I, I think moving forward, this team has to draft the QB. Oh, no and question. Find the, uh, and find the new, the new leader. All right, I just posed the I just posed the question to you, and and when we talked the sure. other day, you posed one to me. So if yeah. the, your question was, if not Chip Kelly, who do you want to coach this football team moving forward? And it may be a moot point now, but the speculation was hot and heavy. I thought he was going to cut bait and run after that Lions loss, not immediately, but at the end of the season. So let's yeah. take it at face value that speculation there a week or so ago that Chip Kelly is looking elsewhere or doesn't want to finish the job he started. If that's the case, who would you bring in? You know what I like, but I don't think I'll ever, I, I'm a I'm a huge Mike Tomlin fan. Um, I, I just love the way this guy coaches his football team. Granted, some of the decisions he makes on game day are a little suspect, but I, he holds his players accountable. He gets after them. I, I just if he can find the right you know offensive coordinator, and that's a big if because. You know, right now his offensive coordinator is Todd Haley, who I'm not in love with. But I've always been a big Mike Tomlin guy. <clears throat> I don't think I would go to the back to the college ranks. I think you probably have to find somebody young up and comer. But I, I don't know. It's a hard question. Yeah, because there's not many. You know, do you go retread again? That's the thing. There's some retread. Some guys that have held jobs, or do you? You know, do you go somewhere else with it? About the only guy that I could think of that I would want as a quote-unquote retread, and I don't even know if you could talk him out of the broadcast booth, would be Tony Dungy. Because he's the type of guy for me that is a player's coach. He's still in touch with the league. I don't even know that he wants it. But if Chip Kelly's walking away from this thing or things don't work out, I agree with you. You've got to have an NFL-ready guy, a guy that commands respect in the locker room that's not going to take years to put in his culture and his scheme, a guy that can jump in and say, this is what's expected, I'm going to hold you all accountable, and we're going to play together as a team. That, to me, is what Tony Dungy was all about, well-respected, uh, but but could fire up his guys when necessary. The other thing I, I'd say without scouring you know, rosters and coaching staffs is give me somebody on a team that's playing football the right way. Somebody on the on Bruce Arians, Arizona Cardinals staff. Give me somebody yeah. that's having success right now in the NFL, you know, one of these D coordinators or offensive coordinators for a team that's that's ahead of the curve. Uh, that would be the only other thing I could think of. But, you know, maybe 10 days ago I would have told you I thought Chip Kelly was out the door on his own volition. I don't know. They, you know, the speculation died down pretty quickly there. I guess it'll be interesting to play out over the next month here and then into January to see exactly what Jeffrey Lurie's thinking, Chip's thinking. Do they strip back some of the personnel decisions? I don't know. I think it's going to be an interesting story uh, regardless, and I guess we'll just find out how it plays out. All right, uh, last Eagles topic, Johnny Mita here on the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Podcast. DeMarco Murray 
causing a stink. He tells Ed Werder, who tweets it out, that he's you know he's unhappy with his snaps, uh, but he doesn't want to make a scene. Well, what the hell do you think you're doing by going to talk to the owner on the team flight back after a huge win? You can't wait till the next day, DeMarco? Really? Yeah, I could just, even throughout the game, you could just, <laughs> every time Sproles touch the ball, or you know, Kenyon Barber. And Kenyon Barber's getting carries. Obviously, the fumble at the end of the game was, you know, not not his best moment. But, I mean, he was in the hole with great pace. And he was, I mean, I just, DeMarco, it, it, this just doesn't seem the system that fits his running style. And there's been a great debate on the radio around here, like, is he still a great running back? I just don't, I really don't know how good this guy is. I've always told you that I kind of like Matthew Scatter and we should ride the hot hand. But again, it's this dissension of the football team that's just not going to do anybody right. any good. Yeah. And, and he, he had a comment. Just, he had a comment after the game. Well, we won. So that's all that matters. And then, you know, hours later, it comes out that's not all that matters. And that's yeah. what I don't like. I would trade him back to the Cowboys for a case of footballs right now. See ya. Beat it. All right. And we can yeah. have a DeMarco Murray jersey burning party at the link. <laughs> I'm, 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 I just I haven't been a huge fan of his all year. No, I, I we kind of talk about like that. I thought they might go out and just you know sign him to spike the Cowboys, but to me he just he doesn't look fast. He's, no, he's not slow. That he ever had great? Not that he ever had that great blazing speed, but he just he his indecision and in hitting the holes and. Grand, this this offensive line's not making huge holes anyway. And the, the line that he ran behind last year is probably twice as good as what the Eagles have right now. But I just, but all year he's kind of been a baby about everything. And that that the one game I guess it was I guess it was probably the Miami game when he when he slid out of bounds, he did the the quarterback hook slide. I mean, ugh. and I think some other teammates on his you know on his team were kind of questioning his character and questioning. Him taking all plays, so to speak. He just, to me, and you know what? I know he's the highest paid running back on your roster, but if he's going to give that lack of effort, if he's going to cause that much of a problem, give me the guys who want to be here that'll play hard, run hard, and are not going to, you know, create dissension in the locker room. So I'm with you, man. I mean, I, honestly, guy in the offseason, I would strongly consider trading. Well, he's. He has sulked all year long, you know, from the early season struggles to to now not getting the football enough to, you know, I, I, I kind of get the sense we're going to get the Papelbon line. I didn't come here for this. Well, then beat it. Yeah. You know, that that's yeah. kind of what I'm at the point now. Cross the bridge with DeMarco Murray. Still going to root for him on Sunday. But honestly, if he doesn't get a snap, you know, but 10 snaps every game the rest of the way. So be it. If he's gone in the offseason, I will not shed a tear. I'll be moving right on because Ryan Matthews has shown me enough, and I think Darren Sproles still has enough in the tank to get you through another season. But, you yeah. know, the the disappointing thing for the Eagles is if you have to move on from a guy like DeMarco Murray, it's just another hole in this offseason, another draft pick that's got to be used on a running back or a free agent signing. You know, And, and right now this is a team that already has some holes offensively Offensive line and wide receiver are paramount, quarterback of the future. If you add running back to that list because all of a sudden this depth goes away because Murray's not working out, you know, you're maybe in a worse spot than you ever thought you'd be 12 to 24 months ago. Yeah, absolutely right, man. 
dissension, guys are bad seeds in the locker room, just get rid of them. We don't need that. And, and just, and to be honest with you, some of these players, I just think are just playing better and they're giving more productivity. So you got to go with them. Yeah. I know it's frustrating, my man. I hear you. All right, we'll take a time out here on the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com. When we come back, we'll talk a little Sixers, a little Nova Nation, wrap things up. You're listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast, exclusively on SoundCloud.com. Rolling right along on the Brotherly Love Podcast, Joe O'Donnell and John Mita. Thanks for all the love on SoundCloud.com. Follow us on Twitter at BeLovePodcast. All right, Johnny Mita, let's divert from our football conversation, talk a little hoops. You want to start college or pro, brother? Yeah, let's uh, let's go to the college game in this area. Villanova team that's in the top ten, they uh, played a, a great historical game yesterday. Well, I mean, they didn't play great itself, but the game itself, uh, they played in Hawaii yesterday on the base at Pearl Harbor. Yeah, it was a cool, cool scene with all the military yeah, veterans. It was, cool. it was only, I heard on the on the broadcast, only the only military members and the traveling parties from each school in the house. That was it, huh? Yeah, I mean, it was. If you look at this gym, it's like, man, this is where they're playing pickup on the base. I mean, yeah, that's kind of what it looked like. The floor they had in there looked nice and shiny. They must have shellacked it with. Probably yours saying all morning long. I mean, there was squeaking of the sneakers. It was uh, pretty crazy. But two, two decent college teams going at it. Oklahoma, uh, and they have a great player by the name of Buddy Held. He's a tremendous shooter. And Oklahoma shot the lights yeah, out. Man. And Nova, Nova could not throw the ball in the ocean. Yesterday they went four of thirty-two from behind the arc. Yeah, the thing that the thing that really stood out to me, you mentioned the three point shooting. They started two of nineteen from three, right? Oklahoma yeah, started exactly. ten of nineteen. So there's twenty four points right there. That was basically the difference in the game. Two of nineteen is where you start from three for Nova, you know, and, and a lot of times last couple of years, from what I've seen, they they're a team that when they shoot well, they can beat anybody in the country. When they don't, that's what happens. But Oklahoma, man, you were right. They 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 could not miss. Uh, they were driving, kicking balls out, and it was just ugly after a while. Uh, and so the Wildcats suffered their first loss of the year. Yeah, it was a good test for them to play another team that, now that the Big East is kind of condensed and some of the talent has been drawn away to other conferences, this was a good test for the Wildcats to play a non-conference school, somebody that could, you know, a team that theoretically they could face in the tournament. The thing we've all know that's troubling is you know, they have tremendous guard plays. They have a really good big guy in Daniel Achepo, probably one of the most improved players in the country. Uh, they need him to, to play well all year. But, again, if they get in the NCAA tournament, my worry for them is if they shoot the ball bad, they might shoot themselves right out of the tournament. So, it's an early season. They're going to have another big test. They're going to have to play Virginia, who's another top-10 team, in the next week and a half. So, We'll see how the Cats do. I'll keep you updated, but uh, it was a little bit of a struggle. The freshman, Jalen Brunson, he didn't have his best game. It, it's just that, and not all these three-pointers that they shot. It's not like they were terrible shots. No, they were open. Evening. 
they were open shots. They just, just couldn't hit yeah. anything. Hey, you, probably you, the worst shooting performance I've seen out of that team in probably five years. You you like look at you look at playing teams like Oklahoma and you mentioned Virginia. If nothing else, that builds character and metal for down the line. You know, it gives you an experience of playing against a good team, whether it's neutral site, on the road, whatever. So you, it's a measuring stick. You know, you go back to work. Jay Wright's not going to take that loss lightly. They'll go back to work. They'll keep, you know, improving their game. And by the time March rolls around, you don't want to have played Cupcake City. It does you no good. So you might as well get some tests along the way, you know, increase your, your RPI, and then see where you land in March. Exactly. No, well said, buddy. Uh, let's jump to the National Basketball Association, where the Philadelphia 76ers have exactly one more win than the John Mita All-Stars, where I'm the point, uh, the point guard and you're the power forward and there's not another player on the team. Oh, this team, man, it is just... Well, I mean, they made news yesterday hiring Jerry Colangelo yeah. as the president of basketball operations. He's been kind of the the architect for USA basketball over the last couple of years and bringing in an old basketball mind, hopefully to turn this franchise around. Sam Henke still stays in place as general manager, but it's kind of like the same type of dynamic where Pat Gillick oversees things while Ruben was the GM and then you know, moving forward. So that's kind of uh, what this looks like. And hopefully we can get things fixed here and the Sixers can move in a better direction. Well, one of the things they need to get fixed is the off-court issues for Jaleel Okafor because he was handed a whopping two-game suspension by the Sixers organization for not one, not two, but what turned out to be three quote-unquote off-court incidents. And here's what bothered me the most about all this, right? If you want to send a message to Okafor, what the hell does a two-game suspension do? This Sixers team might lose 60 games this year, 65 games this year. So why does he even want to be out there for two meaningless November, early December games with this this devastating suspension? I mean, that was a joke to me. That was an absolute joke. Either don't suspend him at all or teach the kid a lesson. But suspending him two games that you know the team's going to lose anyway, they're going to get their doors blown off anyway. What the hell does he care? Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. And as far as the off issues, is, you know, with Okafor, it's, here's the deal. He's a 19-year-old kid. So everybody, I, I get it, you make mistakes. The other problem is he has so much money in his pocket. Yeah. But he needs to understand that, you know, people are going to be gunning for you. Yep. People will say the most damnedest things to you. And as a professional athlete, you have to learn how to have thicker skin. Or you don't go out at all, dude. Easy. You know, you unfortunately, that's that. a reality. That is reality. And now they're kind of the Sixers, kind of done with the Cowboys, did with Des Bryant, they kind of were the higher security team for them, which I think is now necessary. But in this day and age with social media, everybody has a, a camera. Everybody's got a phone. Yep. So when you're out in the public, you just have to know. And listen, everybody knows that you're 19 years old. To go in there and try to use a fake ID and it's just the decision-making. But here's what I also look at it, of, of why maybe some of this has kind of happened for this young man. The fact that the Sixers don't really have any good veteran leadership on their team. Great point. I think that 
That's also a problem. Well, they're an ultimate. Yeah, they're an ultimate tank lead. mode, man. You can't have good leader. No leader wants right. to be there unless you get a guy right. literally on the last legs of his career that's just collecting a paycheck and and maybe is from the area. You know, yeah. maybe you could get yeah, Kobe right. to play next year if he wasn't retiring, <laughs> and just have yeah. him sit there and mentor. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, no, I, I know that would never happen. Right. But you you bring up a great point. Right. But who wants to play there? Yeah, no, you're exactly because right. you've it's said you've said to the world. We're not going to win. So there's no older guy that's going to go there and lose 60-plus times. But it's yeah. a great point. I mean, who is watching out for this kid? And Brett Brown, I thought, at least uh, the, the clippings I read, the quotes I read, you know, he took some accountability, said he was glad to be there as part of this maturation process. They were going to be there for Okafor. I get all that. But that two-game suspension was an absolute embarrassment. Yeah, well, this whole organization the last couple of years yeah. right now is is a total embarrassment. Touche. If you just look up and down the roster, I mean, they are putting, and it stinks for the fans to the fact that they're paying their hard-earned money to come out and see a product like this. It is, it is a disgrace, for sure. All right, brother. Let's spread the love. All right. Let's spread the love. Well, let's, let's, let's stick in the NBA with the spread the love, and uh, you got to give it up for those Golden State Warriors. They've now become 23-0. and Wow. This team is one of the most dynamic. They are so fun to watch. During the end, during the regular season, I don't really like to watch NBA basketball. Come playoff time, I get a lot more interested in, in the tree. But to watch these guys play basketball, they're clearly a fan and just an unbelievable team. Steph Curry, he is probably the best shooter I've ever seen. What they did tonight, and Clay Thompson, the other duo, the other half of the Splash Brothers, they put up 68 points against Indiana. They have like 80 points in the first half, and they're just blowing away teams. And I recall during this streak, there's been four to five games where Steph Curry has sat out the fourth quarter. That's how easy they're making this look. And let's also take into consideration, there's an interim head coach. Luke Wallen has been coaching this team Throughout the 23-game win streak, while Steve Kerr recovers from back surgery and migraine headaches, it's just been an unbelievable... If you get the opportunity to watch this team play, you're going to love to watch them. They are must-see TV because how unselfish they are, and I, I just give them credit. I don't know how long the streak's going to last, but anytime I get the opportunity to watch this team on television, I'm definitely tuning in because I love the way they play as a group, and, and they are just a phenomenal team, and who knows? They might have a shot at beating, you know, the Bulls record, best record in the NBA of all time at what, 72 and 10, I believe. So. Yeah, it's on, but I, the I, they're not even, like you yeah. touched on it, man. They're not even being touched in these games. No. I mean, they beat the Memphis Grizzlies. They have been a playoff team for like the last five years. They beat them three weeks ago by 50 points. And they are a decent team with decent players. But they beat them by 50. <laughs> I mean, it's outrageous. I mean, it's, if you watch them play, I mean, it's just it's outrageous. I mean, they are so good. It's just not even funny. All right. Good job on the spread the love, my man. I'm going to spread the love to your Philadelphia Flyers, John Mita. All right. Because rookie head coach Dave Haxtell has them playing much better hockey. Back to 500, 11, 11, and 6. Through 28 games, despite the overtime loss tonight to the Islanders, the Flyers points in 7 of 10. 
And uh, I'm not going to tell you I've watched because I haven't. I've been scoreboard watching. But just on the stat sheet, seems like they're getting it together. My boy Orange Jesus appears to be playing with some passion from afar. Again, this is all from afar. I'm going to spread the love to the Philadelphia Flyers. Just the fact that this train, what could have been a train wreck of a season, I didn't think it would be, but the rails could, this train could have gone off the rails a week or two ago when they were skidding. And Dave Haxtell has them at least buying in again from afar. Got to clean up the goal differential. 78 goals allowed, a little too much for my liking. But points in 7 of 10, the Flyers at least staying in the race as we near Christmas. Yeah, you got to love that for sure. Also, this, um, so why don't we give a big thanks? I'd like to give a big thanks to the Brother We Love podcast, all the men and women that serve our country in the armed forces. Amen. And all the prior veterans. For everything you do, the country has kind of been, just in general, the world has been crazy lately. And we yeah, man. can't give enough thanks to the people that secure, you know, our freedom. And it's this is the best place to live in the world, bar none. And, uh, you know, those people keeping us safe is a great deal. Yeah, and stop and, kill, and stop killing each other out there for Christ's sake! What the hell is going on? Oh, Got to spread the love, man. Let's, uh, look, you go to YouTube.com. Look at romantic music. See, <laughs> stress relief, background music for love, stress relief, and yoga. It says. Yeah, I but seriously though, man, it's a crazy world we're growing up in. You bring up a good point. Props to the men and women okay. out there putting their lives on the line, and this. You know, I, I'm just tired of looking at the news now and seeing all this chaos all over the globe, man. It's it's disgusting. Too much hate, not enough love. That's yeah, man. Cool. You hey, you got some shout outs? Yeah, one one shout out to one of our uh, our, our listeners that basically tunes into us all week. I'm gonna give a big shout out to Jeff Bozick from North Jersey. He tunes into our podcast every week while he's at work. Hopefully, I didn't get him in trouble on that one. <laughs> and he says, you know. It basically makes his week when he hears our podcast. Nice, brother. I just want to give big props to him and all the people that listen to us. We appreciate it, all the love, and we're hoping to take this show to a new level soon. Yeah, and then our our apologies for not being on the last couple weeks, but it was absolute chaos. All right, prediction for the Eagles-Bills on Sunday. Johnny Mita, take it away. The Eagles are definitely going to spoil Shady's return. Love it. I like the Eagles to win in a, a hard-fought battle. I like the Eagles winning 23-16. to Maybe Kiko Alonso gets back to his opening week form, has an interception of Tyrod Taylor, crushes his former team's hopes and dreams in the process, and Kiko Alonso and the Eagles D, another solid performance against an AFC East foe. When was the last time the Eagles started against an AFC Division 3-0? and Because that could happen with a win on Sunday. Um, uh, well, excuse me, the loss of the Dolphins. But three wins against the AFC East. Uh, would be, you know, I would take it, tell you that much. So I'll take the birds. Sam Bradford continues his progress. Jordan Matthews finds the end zone. DeMarco Murray pouts on the sidelines as Kiko and the birds D steal the show at the link. Let's go birds. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. All right, brother. Let's get on out of here. You're the man. Yeah, keep it real. For Johnny Mead, I'm Joe O'Donnell. Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com. You keep listening and we'll keep spouting. Till next time, <laughs> suck it, Patriots, you cheaters. Soup! <laughs>